0: And it's uh, been a few weeks, but just as a, as a, as a quick recap, because I, I recap a lot, but you know, for anyone uh, turning in or listening or watching today, we've been in Malachi for the last several weeks, and we're going to be starting off in chapter 3 this morning, but as you remember, this is the last time that the Lord spoke to us in the Old Testament. We did not hear from the Lord again, there was not a prophet. Until the coming of John the Baptist So for roughly 400 420 years, there was no fresh revelation given And we talked about it's really interesting that this is one of strong rebuke That he was coming And we're gonna look look at that. We mentioned and it's interesting when he comes the last words. He spoke to us in Revelation if you remember the last church because it was a letter to the churches but the last church mentioned already said those that I love I rebuke and chasten therefore repent you know a strong rebuke and a call for repentance you know showing his desire that he is holy and powerful but also above all else he's a long suffering gracious merciful God amen no we, we we talked about in Malachi, just as it shows that, you know, we go to Revelation, but just as the time before he comes the second and last time for judgment, that the world will be a very wicked, evil place, we see here when he's talking that his people, that his people called by his name were just being wicked. They, They had become cold hearted, they had a lack of love for the Lord. They were just going through the motions of worship. They didn't take it seriously. They they offered to him, you know, blind, lame, sick animals. They even offered unto him sacrifices that they had stolen through violence from others. You know, we saw that he first rebuked them for breaking all, you know, for breaking the first set of commandments, the first table of the law. And then the second part of Malachi, is rebuking them for for violating the second table of the law, their relations to other people. And in all these things, we ended up in Malachi 2.17 to refresh, we'll just read it here. The Lord, and ye have worried the Lord with your words. Yet you say, where have we worried him? And we talked about that. They They were so insensible, they had grown so cold, they wouldn't even accept rebuke. They wouldn't even accept reproof from the Lord. right? Well, where, where are we worried you? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them, Ahar, where is the God of judgment? You know, we talked about, it's the same thing over in chapter 3, starting in 13, where the Lord again tells him, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Again, what what do you mean? He's revealing their hearts. They're not saying these things out loud, but this is what they're thinking. This is what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. Verse 14, ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. And it's kind of on the same thing, right? Because they end up where is this God of judgment? You know, everything, everything goes on. If you remember we go to Peter, it talks right before the Lord returns a second time, there's going to be people saying, where is he? The scoffers, right? Where is he? Things go on just like they have before. Basically just like, where is this God of judgment? You know, everything's the same. That's why he inter- interceded in verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore you are not consumed. <clears throat> Well, with all of that, I say this, he answers them. Remember, we finished up last time we met with answering, he answers their charge. You have worried the Lord with your word. Where is the God of judgment? So he starts off chapter three. Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. And we're going to look at that. He's speaking of John the Baptist. We're going to see that without a shadow of the doubt. And the Lord... Whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. This is sarcastic. This is sarcasm, right? Oh, oh, you want to see the Lord? Okay. Whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, it's being sarcastic, who you say you delight in, right? Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And who is coming, right? Back on there, right? Prepare them before me, and the Lord whom you seek, that is who shall come, right? The Lord Jesus Christ, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 2, right? But this is the second part of it, the second coming, right? The time of judgment, right? We'll either be in Christ, believing in him, saved by him, right? Washing his blood, or we'll stand our own works. And that's what Peter, when he talks about, if you recall in Second in second peter he says right that will stand before him right naked you know when he talks before him everyone will stand before him one day and you will either in christ and we've already been judged in christ or you'll be judged apart from christ and no one wants that because that means you must be perfect but but verse two who may abide the day of his coming right second coming and who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. And this is the idea that refiner's fire, we get the idea like, the best idea, you look through scripture, they always want to talk about refining, and we see it explained, think of silver or gold. It takes over 1,700 degrees Fahrenheit to start to melt silver. It takes even more to melt gold, and and get the dross out, and get it all pure. So you can imagine that, right? We'll, we'll get fried. I mean, we'll get burned, you know, at a little over 100 degrees. We can get burned. You can imagine how how. he's just saying it'll be intense. And like fuller soap, that's when you take that, like lye soap. We think of that today, lye soap. And it just thoroughly cleans everything. So the time of judgment and the time of cleansing for his people. He's talking about two things. He'll come in judgment, but also those that are in him, he's going to refine them and clean them. We know that's in Christ. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. he shall purify the sons of Levi. In other words, his people. We as sheep, right? And purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord, right? Which it wasn't now, and it's not being by and large up till he returns. as in the days of old, and as in former years. Now verse 5, he'll speak to everyone else. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against the false swears, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right, and fear not me, saith Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And he goes on, but he just saying the only reason he treats his own people different than he does others. He may let them go along. In other words, they're gonna be judgment judgment. We gave that to today, but we're judged in Christ. And we know throughout scripture doesn't talk that we won't we'll have to answer. We we can gain rewards, lose rewards, but we're saved. We have eternity. Those that don't know him, those that aren't his He's going to judge them, and how are they going to be able to stand? They're not going to be able to stand that test, so he must be in Christ. But now to just look at a couple things. I guess, first of all, any questions or comments about what we've we've gone over so far? All right then. All right. Well, go back to that just so how we know, because it's important that the Scripture interprets Scripture, and how we can know that... Unlike all these other so-called false religions What's the one thing that's unique about the Judeo-Christian faith? in our In our word what we say is our word from the Lord prophecy No other book fulfilled prophecy Sometimes hundreds many times thousands of years before it happens But we'll just look at that when he says behold i will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant and you really as i said you can write in there whom you say you delight in right but if they really wanted the lord of hosts and they really loved him and everything right they wouldn't be treating them like they did in the first two chapters right and the way they're continually you know, it goes on but Let's just take a look at that. First of all, he's re-quoting Isaiah. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. And this was hundreds of years earlier. Right? But Isaiah chapter 40. And we'll start at verse 3. The voice of him. Well, we'll start starting verse 1. Comfort ye... Comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably, to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she had received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is going on, and actually this won't occur until his second, his, you know, he comes with grace, right? And he pours that out. And then the final fulfillment of that will be the second coming, but he just talked about, right, he's coming to fulfill her of the covenant, right? I will wash away your sins. You know, that's what he's talking about here. But verse 3, but w- when the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be exalted, and every mountain and hill should be made low. Right? And, and another term from that, we can go, right, everyone that's low, right, humble, meek, right, everything will be lifted up. But everything that's high and lofty in the world right, is going to be bought down it's the Lord right and hills shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it so that's what he's referring to he's just quoting he's just quoting that again back in Isaiah Just re-quoting re, you know, re-going it there and then how do we know that Right, it does that, and he's talking about right now the Lord has come, right? The first coming, the first fulfillment of it, you know, first fulfillment of that, we've talked about that before, was when he's going to come back. He's going to send, right, he's going to send his prophet before him to prepare the way before the coming of the Lord. So go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, starting in verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's interesting, right? What's Malachi all about? Showing him their sin and calling them to repent. Now, 400 years later, here comes this prophet. Here comes this one that was sent before the Lord to prepare his way. And he's saying repent something sadly lacking today in the presentation of the gospel for this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah which we just read saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord make his path straight so we see there but there is many places that that, that's important that, that the fulfillment of that prophecy go to chapter 11 of Matthew chapter 11 in verse 10 for, you know, this is our Lord himself speaking, but we know all of scripture right, is inspired and given to the men who wrote it from the Lord from the Lord the Spirit for this is he John the Baptist, of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before thy face which shall prepare thy way before thee speaking of John the Baptist preparing the way for him (laughs) <laughs> now, uh, go to Mark chapter 1. And you'll see this is important enough that not every single thing is mentioned in every one of the Gospels, but this is one of the ones that is. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, right, Isaiah and Malachi, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And again, emphasizing this deal about, you notice he was calling them to repent in Malachi. And just like actually, if you can go back and you read through Isaiah, you'll see that was it too. He pointed out the sin, calls for repentance. But you notice that the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I sent John the Baptist to prepare the way. How to prepare the way? Repent and believe the gospel. But repent, and it means a change in mind. It doesn't mean you become perfect, but you realize your sin and you decide you don't want the sin anymore. You repent of it. <clears throat> there's four: John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance. For the remission of sins. That's how he is preparing the way of the Lord. You know, right? Baptizing repentance for the remission of sins. Okay. So go on to um, Luke. You see again, you know, like, like I said, it just amazing too that this is one one of the prophecies, one of the things mentioned by all four gospels. Right? And it's very important prophecy, proving again just who Jesus is and who John the Baptist is, but fulfilling prophecy. Luke 1, 76. And thou, child, speaking of John the Baptist, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby thy days spring from on high hath visited us. right. And we know again, right, the beginning of the gospel, right? And what did John the Baptist do? What was preparing the way of the Lord? Repent. Repent. Show fruits worthy of repentance. We're not saved by works, but if the Holy Spirit comes upon you and reveals the Lord to you, right, Scripture just shows, you are going to turn from your sins not be perfect, but you are going to have desire and a want to literally, to really serve him and be more and more righteous before him. Because now you know him. <clears throat> Does uh, one other place too, I saw all the Gospels mention this, go to John chapter 1. Sometimes I'm just in the mood to read scripture. Let's begin in verse 1. John 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, right? John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 19. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? Or Elijah, right? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? Because, you know, art thou that prophet? The one spoken of by Moses, a prophet shall come, and him shall you hear. But art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Verse 23, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the path of the Lord. As said the prophet Isaiah and then reiterated by the prophet Malachi as we just looked at verse 3 that's why sometimes they say the prophet Isaiah but you notice we look back in Mark and they said as was foretold by the prophets Malachi just reiterated you know the Lord reiterated what he had promised hundreds of years earlier in Isaiah and now is being fulfilled 400 years earlier in Malachi here comes John the Baptist preaching the remission of sins preparing that's what prepares the way of the Lord. That's what we talk on people's hearts, too. That's when you hear about these false revivals. There's no talk about sin. I can tell you if something's a true revival, my question the first thing you ask yourself. Are they preaching the remission of sins? Are they saying, you know, yes, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved you from your sins. Sins are wrong. They're evil. Right? None of that's going on in the so-called revival that they say is going on right now. But that, that, that's a sure sign because we're showed the beginning of the gospel is preaching the remission of sins. Believe in the Lord, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It means, yes, a change of mind that you understand who the Lord is, but also a change of mind and heart that I'm a sinner. I need salvation. And that sinner's not a light thing, let's like, say, cross the sin bridge, right? We're sinned and we're guilty. Of, we're worthy To incur the wrath of Almighty God for all eternity. But we will not, because of our faith, his faith, his uh, our eyes that he has opened, our the heart that he has cleansed. Right? We'll all stand before him that day. We're either judged already in Christ, or to be judged apart from Christ. And everyone judged apart from Christ. You don't want that. (laughs) Right? Then you, you stand on every, then you stand, then you stand on your own. One sin. Then you broke the whole thing.
1: So, well, right? I was just going to say, here, you know, some point about the the Asbury uh, alleged Asbury revival. I like what John MacArthur said about it. He said there may be a few, right? I mean, we've all. When I got saved, I didn't. I was not doctrinally straight, right, at all. But if, if and there might be a few there that the Lord is drawing through that, right? However, if they would do what you did, what you're saying, if they would preach about sin, if they would preach about repentance. That place would clear out except for those few that God has called. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you would see. That's yep. what you would see. There are LBGBQ, FYRG, and everything else running that thing. Yeah. Okay?
0: And, it, uh, it, it, it's, and that tells you all, oh, if you're sitting insane. there and you're saying, Oh, the Lord's here. The Lord's in this place. And you're not being confronted right. with a sin you're living in. An habitual sin that you have settled into. And there's no repentance for sin. All that's being talked about is basically, basically, I'm healed and made whole. What they mean is about hurt feelings. I've had my feelings hurt a lot. But that isn't why Christ came. Yes, will he give you peace and joy and comfort? Yes. But he came because to save us from the wrath of God. Because of our sins and the wrath of God isn't, we don't experience the wrath of God because we feel bad. Mm-hmm. We experience because we've offended the high and holy one of the universe. Amen. Right? But with that, is there any, any questions about you know John the Baptist coming to the Lord what we talked about up to this point? Because I want to get into the second part, verse two. <laughs> I think too, Howard, like you said, yes. right? I mean,
1: th- this is one of the things that's a common theme throughout all of the prophets. We talked about the prophets Isaiah, we talked about Jeremiah, we talked about Ezekiel. We talk about Hosea. How many times in the book of Hosea did he call his people to return, to repent, over mm-hmm. and over and over again? That is the theme. That's yep. the theme. And revival starts. Where? where does it start? It starts in the heart of yep. the people of God who are yep. backslidden and who are maybe waging in their and, own sin, right?
0: And, and we'll, we'll look. Just like you know, just like I mentioned, and it, it bears worth repeating. It's it's interesting. There's a reason. You know, that God reveals Himself in the times and the ways that He does. Last words heard from Him repent. First words heard from His prophet, preparing the way for His Son repent. You know, repent, right? I am God, you're not consumed. I love you all. I'll be merciful. I'm long suffering towards you. But ye must repent, right? Words spoken by the Lord Himself yes. repent. And then. Right? We need to understand revelation and there's, we can have disagreements about it and everything but the main thing to understand is that it is the, revel, the final revelation that the Lord has given us until he returns in person. And what does he say to the last church? Because in the end he does say this is a letter to the churches. And there's a reason that last church right is appears, well it doesn't it's the most backslidden the most wayward what does he say? He re- reproves them harshly, and he says those that I love are rebuked and chastened. Therefore, repent. Amen. And we're not saved by our works, but I'll guarantee you a sign according to all, all the whole reason the book of First John was written, to examine yourselves and basically it's this. Do I love the Lord? If I answer yes to that, do I really? Because, how to put it, we're never perfect. Am I trying and do I have a desire to keep his commandments? If that answer is no, we don't know. Yep. We, we, don't, we haven't been given a new heart. Because the Bible says we did. Right? The Bible says we did. And just to mention before we get into that one part, you notice he gives just strong reproof on this. But then I just want you to look real quick at verse 16 of chapter 3. Then they that feared the Lord spake off of one another. And the Lord hearkened. What he's talking about, right, is not everyone, but he always has his people. And those people heard. You can be sure that those people started to repent. Those people were talking amongst themselves. And he's always had that, right? Mixed into all the professors. You always have the goats. You'll have the sheep. The sheep hear his voice. The goats don't the just for the rebel but now with saying that let's go back to Malachi 3 and he's talking about we, we saw that right he's fulfilling a promise we see that John the Baptist you know John the Baptist was right the messenger who came to prepare the way and for who it's so amazing right so second sentence right there second paragraph and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, what covenant? I'll be merciful unto your righteousness, And your sins I will remember no more. Amen. I will give you a new heart. I will wash you. I will clean you. Whom you delight in, but I was mentioning it, that's sarcastic. Whom you say you delight in, right. behold, he shall come. Who he? He. The Lord. Shall come, saith the Lord of Now that word for Lord is the most infrequently used word for the Lord in all the Old Testament. That, that I know I like get maybe there could have been one I missed, but as far as that, that word itself only appeared 31 times in the Old Testament. That specific word. And then about a half dozen of those are just referring to a human Lord, because it can't just mean, you know, like a master or an owner. You know, a master or an owner. But, what it means, and, and we'll, we're going to look at those, because this is exciting. I, I'll tell you, I just love looking up names of God. Amen. But, the most frequently used by far word for the Lord is Adonai 3068. Look up the concordance, right? But, it just means the self-existent eternal one. Right? The Jewish national name for God but the I Am That I Am. Mm. But this one is a shortened version. It's Aw Dawn. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly as it says it. Aw Dawn. And as I said, it's used about 24 times, 24 to 26 times. Depending if you, there's a couple of, well, is he talking about the Lord or is he talking about a human Lord there? And we'll look, but we'll, we're going to look at several of the places where, yeah. It's the Lord and what it happens to say about that. But what that word means, right? huh, I thought I had written it down. Well, I can tell you. sovereign ruler. Amen. Sovereign ruler, controller, master, owner. What he's saying is, the sovereign ruler, right, of all, he's going to come to his camp. The one you say you delight in, the one you say, where is this God of judgment? He's coming. <laughs> He's coming. Well, we're going to look and see just how it goes because the Lord always shows himself in a firm place. And what's amazing is in nearly all these places, he refers to himself, right, as the self-existent eternal one and the sovereign ruler. Mm-hmm. Both. But, uh, And like I said, we're not going to look at all, but you know, I I, I recommend just look up, grab a concordance. If you don't have one, look it up online, whatever. But just look up that word Lord and look for 113. Number 113 in the Hebrew section of it, and it'll tell you what it means. But go to Deuteronomy 10, verse 17. Deuteronomy 10, verse 17. For the Lord, right, the great I am, the self-existent one, the eternal self-existent one, is God of gods and dawn sovereign ruler of lords. Right? A great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regards not persons are taking reward. So this is the one who is coming. The reason I'm so excited about this verse is Right? It is a definitive proof saying Jesus Christ Amen. is the true God, sovereign ruler of all. Right? He is Lord. Look okay, at one. It just back up so often when you look at this, how this one that is coming is described throughout Scripture. Uh, go to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter three, and we'll just read eleven through thirteen here. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Adon, the Lord of all the earth, passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore, take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, and of every tribe of man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the Ark of the Lord the Almighty the self-existing Eternal One right? the Lord, the Adon the sovereign ruler, master controller of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan it's so amazing that so many of these he's saying, right? yes, the great I am I, the self-existing Eternal One your sovereign ruler I'm coming Right? I'm coming. Just so so amazing there. Uh, go on to, just go ahead a page or two, depending on uh, your, your Bible, to chapter 5. Verse 14. And he say, and he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come. You know, this is where Joshua is by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes, go up to 13, and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Right, the angel of the Lord. Now, was this the Lord himself? Was this a mighty angel? There's some argument about that. I think it it could be, again, where you go, but... right. But he said he's the captain. So I say it's somewhat different because he's talking about he's the captain of the host of Adon. Verse 14. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the sovereign ruler of all the universe am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face with the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my lord unto his servant? Mm-hmm. Remember were he is, but it's just truly amazing. Uh, Let's go on to the good old book of Nehemiah. I mean, we always pop into there all the time, don't we? But just go on, go through 2 Chronicles. You know, I come up with Ezra and Nehemiah is right after that. Book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10. <laughs> then he said unto them, right, Nehemiah. Well, go up to verse nine. And Nehemiah, which is a, which is a Tirshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, "This day is holy unto the Lord your God." That's great. That's uh, the holy, great, the eternal one. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Verse ten. Then he said unto them, "Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet." And you remember that old. That old Christian hymn, I'll eat the fat and drink the sweet, give portions to them who are weak. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I love that song. You just haven't heard it in so long in church. Then it's for this day is holy unto our Adon, unto our sovereign ruler, unto our master, right, unto the Lord our God. Mm -hmm. Right? It is holy. Neither be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And interesting. Going back and forth between Adon and Adonai. It He's the sovereign one. Right. uh, Go ahead to chapter 10 of Nehemiah. In 29. They claimed to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and into an oath, to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses a servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord. And this one is interesting every now and then you find in there, but they're intertwined. It's both here at the same time. Right? But that the Lord, right the self-existing, all self-existing eternal one, our Lord, our sovereign ruler and master and controller, and his judgments and his statutes. And keep in mind that every time we read these, this is the same one that, right, that the Lord, the sovereign eternal one, is telling his people in Isaiah and in Malachi, this Lord whom you seek, The sovereign ruler. He's coming. He's coming. This is who they're talking about. This is he. Let's go to the book of Psalms. Do you have any comments so far? Observations?
1: Well, I I, I often think like when you're talking about all of these references to Christ. And when he actually came, they missed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just... And still to this very hour they are rejecting Him. Unreal. I mean, it's just... Yeah. Unbelievable. It, you know, and,
0: and remember, even... That's why we understand that salvation is of the Lord. Yeah. And He must open your eyes and yeah. He must soften your heart. Because remember, He tells us in John 6, He tells us in John 10. Right? Why, why didn't they believe... They, they didn't believe, you know, they, 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 he told them because you're not my sheep. Therefore, you could not believe you don't believe and then become a sheep. You're a sheep. If you're a sheep, you will believe. That's what he was telling them because the father must give you unto me. If he does not give
1: you unto me, you will not come to me. Yeah, as that old saying goes, right? Howard, we always say it a lot. You know, all sheep are sheep, just that you're lost sheep until he finds you. And that's, uh, you don't become a goat. You're not a goat that mm-hmm. becomes a sheep. You're just a lost sheep until he finds you. And that's that's absolutely true.
0: You know, and that's why you, you can look at it and you can say, you know, in Malachi 3.16, those ones that feared the Lord, they feared the Lord. They held him in awe. They held him in reverence. Yeah, they they had, they had sinned too. You know, we all said to various degrees, right? But, but then those that revered the Lord, and they understood, and they heard, and they hearkened. And they started to repent from the heart, their heart and mind. They started to repent. Okay, uh, Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, O self existent eternal one, Jehovah, <laughs> our Lord, our Adon, our sovereign ruler. How excellent is thy name in all the earth? Who has set thy glory above the heavens? <laughs> oh, it, praise God for His word, Amen. Amen. Psalm eight, verse nine. O Lord, again, O self-existing, eternal One, Jehovah, our Adon, our sovereign ruler, master, and controller. How excellent is thy name in all the earth? It opens and closes. With the same, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we're not read, we're we're not reading every one of them, and actually, we're, we're reading most of them. I praise God! Why not? I mean, that, this is the kind of thing that's interesting when you look up, meditate. One of the words there is mutter. It's good for us. You're by ourselves. Sometimes you don't think you have to every time, but it's good. You're by yourself. Read the word aloud to yourself. Mm-hmm. It helps you remember. It helps cement it into your mind more, right? Because the Holy Spirit takes from our mind to our hearts, and that's what builds us up and starts putting on building up that new man He's given us. But uh, Psalm ninety-seven, Psalm ninety-seven, go down to verse five. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Dawn. At the presence of the sovereign ruler of the earth. And of course we know the universe, right? At this point, sovereign, the sovereign ruler of all. At the presence of the self-existent eternal one of the whole earth. It, it's just amazing, right? But, uh, Go on to, oh, this is one of my favorites. Psalm 110. Now, this is one too. This is, the, the, you know, another one's like, like the old deal about if anyone here remembers when I was explaining about, uh, you know, comma, johannanam, where a lot of the, the new ones have taken out. First John 5, 7 where it explicitly says there, right, there's three that agree in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Well, it just backed up. Yeah, you can, and this is one way you can you can assure, you can look at the divinity and the difference, this, the difference in persons, all same power, but different persons, the Godhead. This is one way to see it, because you see that they represents themselves in different ways but so clear here in Psalm 110. Mm-hmm. The Lord, right, the self-existing Eternal One, said unto my Lord, the Adon, the sovereign ruler of all the earth and universe, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, you know, the Lord said unto my Lord, right, It's just—it's truly amazing that you know. There's so many places we look through it all that affirms, without a question of a doubt, that Jesus is both Lord and God. Amen. Right? He's the God Man. God come in the flesh to pay the payment we cannot pay. Right? But He's going to come back again to redeem His own and. You know, clothe them on high, but then judge everyone else who rejected him. <clears throat> but, uh, just a few more here when everyone's getting uh, tired of all this, but uh, look at Psalm 114, verse 7. Tremble, thou earth, at the presence of the dawn Right? The sovereign ruler. At the presence of of the God of Jacob. Psalm 135.5 For I know. That the self-existent. Eternal one. Right Lord. The self-existent eternal one is great. And that our sovereign ruler. And master. Is above all God's. It, it, can you see you're like me it's so it's so good for us to look through and find out what various word means because then it is just fine you know to say to herself when we're sitting there you know in much more meaning you know we're already the Lord why is it that He reveals himself in this way here and in this way here there's a reason mm. but it also helps cement our faith but our understanding getting to know him more right He's not only, you know, he's a sovereign eternal one, but he's our sovereign ruler. But uh, Psalm 136, verse 3, and it's interesting, you know, th- this is the place, but, Oh, give thanks to the dawn of lords, to the sovereign ruler of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. And the last one in Psalm is 147. Psalm 147, verse 5. Turn there, right? Great is our sovereign ruler. Great is our Lord, and of great power his understanding is infinite. Then he goes on, right? To the self-existing eternal one lifts up the meek, but he casts the wicked down to the ground. Uh, you now we're going to look at just a few more here go to Isaiah 10 Isaiah 10 verse 16 therefore shall the Adon the sovereign ruler the self existent eternal one of hosts <laughs> It's just amazing how they how they just interact these two. But I I just I just like saying it that way so we understand that. Go to Isaiah, uh, just stay in ten. Go to thirty three. Behold, the Adon, the sovereign ruler, the self existing eternal one, <laughs> shall lop the ball with care, and the high ones of stature shall be honed down, and the haughty shall be humbled. And let's jump ahead to fifty one twenty two. Fifty-one Thus saith thy Adon, thy sovereign ruler, the Lord, the great I am, and thy God that pleadeth the cause of his people. And Let's just go to uh, Go to Zechariah Chapter 6 right, that's right before Malachi Zechariah chapter 6 Zechariah chapter 6 Verse 5 And the angel answered and said unto me these are the four spirits of the heavens which go forth for standing before the sovereign ruler of all the earth. Zechariah nine. <clears throat> and the Lord and the Lord, right, the sovereign ruler shall be seen over them, and Israel shall go forth as the lightning. And the Lord God shall blow the trumpet, right? The self-existent one shall blow the trumpet and shall go forth with whirlwinds of the south. It actually wasn't that go back to go back to chapter one. Oh, I'll read that one. Uh, okay. Anyway, Zechariah 19. Then said I, oh my Adon. What are these? the angel that talked with me said unto me, I'll show thee what these these, these be. I'm just saying, that those are some of the places and there's other ones too. And can we look at it? But I'll just give you the other places really quick where this is used. Numbers 32, verse 27. Hosea 12, verse 14. Micah Four thirteen, Where it also specifically says Lord of all the earth mm-hmm. He's of all the earth Makes it important. And we already heard the ones in Zachariah Those are the places The other places where it's used Are, ta- are talking about a personable Lord Like someone saying to an actual person Because also just master And owner and That's an important thing too I forgot to start that part too He stresses I'm your sovereign ruler I'm your owner mm-hmm. He owns us Right the potter can do with what he owns what he wants. We do whatever we want with what we own, right? Is there anything wrong with that? No. And if anyone tried to tell us there was, what would we think? Mm -hmm. But let's go back to Malachi, and we'll finish this up. But so with everything we read there, then you go back to Malachi and who's coming? Who's coming? We read Matthew, right, at John the Baptist. He's talking about Behold, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, right? And he shall prepare the way before me. Isn't that so interesting? Listen there. Right, that, that's the mystery of the Godhead. Look right, do you notice he's saying, Behold, I, right, I, God, I the Lord God, the sovereign eternal, right, I will send my messenger, John the Baptist, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, the Adon, the Sovereign Ruler, your Master, your Owner, whom you seek, shall suddenly come to His temple. But you see the difference there, right? The Father, by the Spirit, is saying He will send His Son, who is God. Mm -hmm. And God, praise God, is not schizophrenic. But it's just it's such an amazing deal to use upon there, you know, we're shown throughout scripture We've talked about this before in the very beginning Even the word that said, you know, you know in the beginning was God is plural in the form of plural But you look through there, you know, right away in the starting of Genesis over and over again We are seen without the shadow of a doubt that a plurality in the Godhead And there's the thing about it is that's where the Jews are all stuck up and they hold that one
1: yep.
0: Right? The Lord our God is one Lord, is one God. That is true. It is equally true that the Lord is one, yet three persons, Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost. These three are one. And it just shows throughout. we see throughout the scriptures in that, and we won't get into that. We can go through there sometime. I think that'd be a good study too. And seeing all the times the Holy Spirit's revealed in scripture. But we definitely see here, a differentiation between the Father and the Son. Same powers, right? Same that, being, you know, praised the same way and at times different, but they all, it's the same God, the Godhead. And we'll never fully comprehend that.
1: But just the opening words of the Pentateuch. The very first verses. The Trinity's there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's another thing when you talk about this. All throughout the Old Testament, Yep, there is a division that you see. It's one God, three persons, same essence, same all of it, same attributes, yep. all of it. And yet again, as you said earlier, here they are waiting for Him, and yet they are, they are, they are hung up. Because that is, you ask any practicing uh, Jew yep. who is a conservative Jew, yep. they will tell you that Deuteronomy four is their hangup. Yep, Deuteronomy four, Deuteronomy where it, where the Bible says, "Behold, I am one God." Yep.
0: And then, you know, a good place to go if you were talking to someone who's Jewish, or they, they've been told this and that, well, you know, he wasn't God in that. It's good to go to verses like yep. these that we just got over. Because it shows the plurality. And here it definitely shows because we see in the New Testament, we see this quoted. We go back to it and we go, who's he talking about? Well, John the Baptist is the prophet. Who's he preparing the way for? Jesus Christ. Who's Jesus Christ? The Adon, the sovereign ruler of all the universe, God himself is coming to his temple. And we talked about that, who may abide the day of his coming? You know, but so he's going to be a swift witness. That day is coming where he will come in judgment. But praise God, those of us that have believed on him, that he's opened up our eyes, Mm -hmm. that believe on and trust Mm -hmm. in him and his finished work. Praise God. Praise God. We're safe and secure in Him. Those that refuse Him, that deny Him, that won't come to Him, right? They all are still under His wrath and will remain there until Lord willing that day, as the Lord opens their eyes and they, they come to Him. Does anyone? We got to close here, but does anyone have any questions, comments,
1: anything, Mike? Well, I was just thinking about this. You know, we 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 we've, we've read a lot of Scripture this morning from the Old Testament. Which is what? It affirms what's taking place in the New Testament, right? The mm-hmm. two are married together. Yeah. You cannot separate them On It's interesting. I saw a uh, just yesterday, I watched a YouTube video with uh, James White. He was debating. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a complete and total sodomite. Complete. And he's got a church full. People are following him. It's packed full. And, uh, and he kept saying to James, because James would refer back. To the old. He kept referring. Oh yeah, that's what you people do now. Yeah, you look back at the Old Testament. What he's doing, he's doing the Andy Stanley thing. Yep. So he's completely unhooked, and he he is an Andy Stanley guy. This this sodomite. It's stunning it. And you say, well, that you know, that's what Andy Stanley says. No, this is what is happening. Now they're. I mean, they're. He completely poo-pooed James White in the Old Testament. Well, you can't read back into that. Uh, no, we're reading forward into it. Because the Old Testament yeah. told us this is what was going to happen. It's just amazing. <laughs> you know, one other
0: thing, you know, before we're done, but just a quick minute, You mentioned that, and it's so important. What a lot of these people will say is, "Well, that was the God then. Uh, he was a God of judgment. Mm-hmm. He was a God of wrath then." Remember what do we just read? The last, some of the last words he told us before the coming of John the Baptist and the coming of his son.
1: Yep.
0: Right. What are you telling? I change not. Amen. Therefore. You are not consumed. That was then. What did he mean? The anti-types, the types, you still better do the sacrifices, you still better do that, because I'm holding off. Remember, they were still, they still, literally speaking, they are under wrath. The coming of Jesus Christ saved all who were before him, too. That's what it means, but we're all one yep. in him. Right? They were not made perfect apart from us, we're not made perfect apart from them. The coming. They still had a sacrifice, right? They're, they were still under... It's always been by grace. Noah found grace yep. in the eyes of God. There's never been a righteous man. So everyone sinned. So, you know, what they're saying now is, oh, now he's okay. No, he loves you. Go ahead. You want to be a homosexual? Go ahead. You want to, you want to change your identity? You want to steal? It doesn't matter. They're saying... They are denying the God. They are denying the very God whom they say they worship. And they're worshiping demons. Yep. Yep. Don't even listen to them. These people are saying, unhook, the Old Testament proves who Jesus Christ is, but also it tells us, because it's reaffirmed in Hebrews, yep. right? I, the Lord, changed not in the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will still judge sin. He judges sin
1: now in Christ. Hey, Howard, can I say but, something about yeah, like that? Yeah. James took him to the book of Hebrews. And you yep. know what the guy said? Oh, yeah, no, I don't believe that. See, yeah. they, just out of hand. Just. Yep. No, 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 this is all about the Old Testament. Oh, I don't believe that. See, yeah.
0: that is a, that's an end. And, and that's again. the thing about it. These people decide what they want to believe. Yep. Well, you can go that far, but I don't believe it. Well, what then? Why do you say you believe in this Jesus? And I guarantee they don't, don't believe in the do. Jesus of Scripture. Because that Jesus of Scripture... He's the sovereign ruler, but he's also the self-existing, eternal one. Right? The Godhead changes not. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, it's always been the same, always will be the same. They don't need any of us, but the grace of God has taught us to be holy. For we must be holy. It means a mindset and a heart set on living for him. Amen. Uh, Let us close in a word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word. Thank you for revealing yourself through your word. Thank you for sending your son and saving all your people. Lord, I pray anyone who comes here today or who watches or listens to to us today, Lord, if there be any sheep, if there be anyone, Lord, that you would soften their heart, that you would open their eyes that you would reveal your Son to them and save them, Lord. Lord, also I pray, Lord, that you would, Lord, as through the preaching of your word, that you give us ears to hear, that you would build us up. And may our praises, when we sing and worship unto you, as it says in your word, may it be pleasing unto you, and may accepted as a sacrifice, Lord, a living sacrifice that you be glorified in all things. In Jesus' name, amen.